Good evening. Welcome back tonight. I'm so glad that you're here and that you joined us for the evening service. Uh, if you haven't already, tonight make sure you go on our website, BibleBaptistKPT.com, and you can watch our Sunday School lesson that Pastor taught uh, for church today, the very first in a series. Uh, so I hope you'll avail yourself of that. If you don't have a book or you haven't received your book in the mail yet, uh, you can go on the website and there is a link to the outline for this first lesson there. You'll be able to get the outline lesson, the lesson outline, and also listen to the lesson. Or you can go on our Facebook page. The video is uh, available there as well. Uh, this morning we talked about faith chosen, about people that chose to have faith even in difficult, seemingly impossible circumstances. Uh, and, and that's why they ended up in the chapter of faith, uh, the hall of faith as some have called it. Uh, and tonight we're going to continue on in Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to continue reading there. Uh, and I hope that you'll open your Bibles and prepare your hearts as we uh, dive into God's word this evening. Let's start out with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I uh, thank you for those that are tuning in this evening. I pray that this message would be a blessing to their heart uh, as it has been to mine and that we'd be encouraged uh, and strengthened to continue to serve you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so we're continuing on in Hebrews chapter number 11. Remember, we reviewed this morning that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. And this morning we looked at the life of Moses. Uh, Moses, who was given up as a baby to save his life uh, so that he was not killed, uh, and then ended up royalty, gave up that royalty uh, because of how God's people were being treated, and then ended up going back to the place where he was royalty, where he was now an outcast, and demanding that God's people be let go from captivity. Uh, and it's amazing how God used his life, how he forsook Egypt. But uh, the story doesn't end there with Moses and with the children of Israel. And if we continue reading on in Hebrews chapter number 11, uh, verse number 28 is where we left off this morning. Uh, and that left off with the killing of the firstborn uh, if the blood was not on the doorpost. And, and that's where we get the song, when I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you. Christ our Redeemer died on the cross. He died to save us. And just as uh, the firstborn children were saved, if they had that blood on their doorpost, uh, we are saved today by the blood of the perfect Lamb of God that was slain on Calvary. So now we're in verse 29. The Bible says, By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. We're just going to look at these two verses this evening and look at this. Faith proved. <coughs> faith proved. Now, we can look through all the stories that we've talked about so far. We can look at Noah. Uh, we can look at Moses. And we can look at all these different people uh, and see that they proved God. See that God showed himself strong to them. Uh, but this evening, we want to look at the, specifically the children of Israel. Uh, the children of Israel are interesting to me uh, because we read the story of the children of Israel. See, they were far from perfect. They are God's chosen people, but they were far from perfect. Uh, matter of fact, we read here in uh, verse 29 how they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, and then God closes the water and the Egyptians drown. 
What a miracle that is. And just a few verses later, just another couple chapters, we see that Moses is up getting the Ten Commandments. While he's up there, the children of Israel build a golden calf because they say Moses is dead. Uh, and so they build a golden calf. They throw their gold in and oop, out pops a golden calf. So they are far from perfect people. <coughs> Even after God proved to them, them that he was faithful, they still went against God. And so we're not going to spend a ton of time on this first story for the simple fact of if you've listened to the Sunday school lesson, you know that we're talking about the life of Moses starting out and how God released the children of Israel from bondage. Uh, and so we're just going to spend a quick second on this first story uh, and talk about the amazingness uh, of the story. How the children of Israel came to the Red Sea the Pharaoh and his army behind them, and an impossible body of water to cross. They reached that Red Sea, and they couldn't go backwards. Going backwards meant either sure and sudden death or going right back into bondage. And, and going forward was impossible because of the water. And, and you think about all the people that there were. This wasn't a group of 100 people. It was thousands upon thousands of people that needed to cross the Red Sea. It's not like they could build a boat really quick and sail across or... It was a ton of people. And so all of a sudden, Moses lifts up his rod, and by the power of God, the dry sea, the Red Sea is parted, and the ground is dry. If I go swimming, I don't like swimming in water that I can't see the bottom of. Swimming in a lake is not my idea of fun. If you've ever been to the wilds, they have a, it's a really nice lake, and they drain it, and they clean it, and they take great care of their lake. Uh, but when I jump in the water uh, and my feet touch the bottom and my feet sink six inches because of the mud at the bottom and the sediment, uh, that does not give me happy feelings. I want a hard bottom where I can see the bottom. I can see what's touching my leg. I don't want uh, to not be able to see. Uh, that's why I'm not a big fan of the ocean. There's sharks that live in the ocean. You go into their house, you're just asking to get bit, okay? Uh, so don't complain to me when you get bit by a shark. You've gone into their home. Okay. Uh, off that hobby horse. But I, I don't like water where I can't see the bottom of But when you go swimming in a lake or you're in the ocean, uh, that ground is anything but dry. Why? Because it's had water on it. Uh, and if you've ever seen um, if, when they drain a pond or a lake, uh, that ground doesn't dry instantly. Matter of fact, it stays pretty wet uh, and soggy for a long time because of how long it takes it to dry out. But here, God parts the water and the ground is dry bone dry so that these thousands of people can walk across on dry ground. Amazing that God did that for them. They proved him. Yet they still doubted him. Moses went up to get the Ten Commandments, and they went against him. And But tonight I want to focus on the second verse, because we're going to go over the first verse. We've been over it before, uh, about the crossing of the Red Sea. Uh, and the second verse is a story that you're familiar with, verse number 30 as well. It says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. So now here they are. They've continued on. They've wandered in the wilderness. They're going into the Promised Land. Uh, they've already crossed another river, the Jordan River. Uh, they've been able to cross that as well. God has showed himself and proved himself. And now they've come to the city of Jericho. Uh, and I found some interesting facts about the city of Jericho. They estimate that the walls, the outer wall of the city, was about six feet thick and 20 feet high. 
that is a huge wall. Not only that, but there was another wall just inside of that wall that they estimate to be about 12 feet thick and 30 feet high. Uh, and so and in between the two walls, they would have places where guards could walk on the top and be able to shoot down against any enemies attacking. And uh, so it is a fortified city. You're not going to be able to get in uh, except for the power of God. And so here's the children of Israel. They're not some advanced army. They don't have advanced weaponry. Uh, they are people traveling, have been wandering. Uh, and here they are. They've come. Uh, and in my mind, I would say... Even though God, I proved him more and more, and he's been faithful, and, and I should put my faith and trust in him. My first thought would be, God, you brought us this far to the impossible city of Jericho. This is an impossible task. There's no way we can get through these the six-foot outer wall, let alone the inner wall. There's no way that we can get into the city. God, what are you doing? And we can be very critical sometimes of the children of Israel, but we in our lives are just the same way. I am, at least. Maybe you're not, uh, but I tend to be that way. I go, God, what are you doing? Well, you've worked in my life, and you brought me to this point. Why is this happening? Israel had a massive problem, number one. I want you to see the problem was <laughs> the city of Jericho. There was no doubt about it. That was their issue. They needed to be able to conquer to continue in the land. Uh, we already know that it was a land flowing with milk and honey. Uh, it was a place of plenty, uh, a place where they would be blessed. And God had promised it to them. It was the promised land. It was theirs. They just had to have faith. You know, as we go through life, we're going to face obstacles. We're going to come up to those walls. We're going to smack dab, run into them, uh, and look up and look around and look, try to go through and try to figure out how we're going to get through this, how I'm going to overcome the city of Jericho in my life, how I'm going to overcome this wall, this obstacle that's here. What can I do to get through it? And can I, Instead of focusing on the obstacle and how can I get through it and how am I going to get around this, how am I going to fix this, we need to focus on the God who can fix it and what can God do and how can God get me through this and how can God help me and how can God overcome this wall that's been put in my life and that's exactly what the children of Israel had to do they had no other choice and so they go and they try to figure out what they're going to do and they come they have a problem but they have a promise number two that promise is that that land is theirs God has promised it to them it is theirs they just have to figure out how he's going to work and overcome the city you know Here's some men of war. Here's the walls. And I would think in my mind, let's build some catapults. Let's try to, you know, dig a tunnel underneath and surprise them and uh, and all these different things in my mind, what I can do to fix it. That would be immediately where I would go. That's how my mind works. I'm a fix-it person. If I see something wrong, I want to be able to try and fix it. Um, and so my mind would be going to, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And when problems come up in my life, I'm the same way. How can I fix this? How can we move forward? What can I do? And so many times, if I just gave it over to God and say, God, what can you do? What What are you trying to do? What are you trying to show me in my life? Uh, it would work out so much better. So here's the children of Israel. They have a problem, but they've got the promise. And they know that that promise is that the land is theirs. But can I tell you, God has promised us things as well. You know that we have the promise that our weapons are powerful through God. Ephesians chapter 6, we have the armor of God. And 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 says, Our weapons are powerful, not in of our own strength, but of the strength of God. You, you know that we have the promise of power in our daily battle. Ephesians 6.10 We have the promise that in the end, if we have faith, it is the victory in our life. 
We have the promise that when we fail God, he is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have so many promises from God. God promises that he'll be with us always, even to the end of the world. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. We have promises from God. Just like the children of Israel have promises, we have promises. We need to have faith in the promises of God. Not faith in how I can fix it, not faith in what I can do, but faith in what God can do because he's promised us he'll do it. He's not going to go back on those promises. Israel had a problem. Israel had a promise. And this wasn't their first problem. It wasn't their first promise. Uh, the Red Sea, the Jordan River, the Battle of Jericho. And can I tell you, it's not their last problem that they're going to have. I mean, there's going to be AI. There's going to be battles. There's going to be sin that's in their own camp that's going to be taken care of. There's going to be times where they're defeated because of sin. It's not their last battle, but they know that what God has promised them. And because of the problem that they've seen and the promises that they know, Israel triumphed. Now, here's God telling them, hey, this is what we're going to do. Turn with me. Let's read the story of Joshua chapter number 6. Joshua chapter number 6. To me, it's just an amazing story from the very beginning. Now, if you were to study war tactics and battle plans and to read some books about uh, those military tactics, this would not be anywhere in the book, what God told them to do. So here we see Jericho was straightly shut up, chapter 6 of Joshua, verse number 1. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thy hand Jericho. Uh-huh. Okay, God, that's what Joshua, in my mind, that's what I would be saying. Oh, oh yep, yeah, you've given it to us, all right. Here it is. <laughs> Great, what is every, are they going to walk out and surrender to us? But God had promised, I have given it into thine hand and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. Ye shall compass the city, ye men of war, and go around about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. Okay. So this is like a reconnaissance mission. We're going to go, and we're going to go around the city, and we're going to see if we can find the, the weak spots of the wall. Uh, and that's how we're going to get in, right, God? I'd still be trying to figure it out. You want us to walk around one time a day for six days? Verse number four says, And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets before the ark, uh, seven trumpet rams, horns. And the seventh day you shall come past the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horns, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of city, uh, the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant. He obeyed right away, and he went and did and told the children of Israel exactly what God had told him. This is a terrible military tactic. Let's march around the walls and hope they fall. Maybe we'll tread uh, around so much and make like a moat around and compromise the walls, and they'll all come crashing down. Now remember, this isn't just a couple people. <coughs> it is all the children of Israel. There's thousands of people marching around the wall, and I imagine that they were the laughingstock of Jericho. I imagine those guards up on the wall started laughing, going, what are you going to do, march around the wall so they fall down? <laughs> but that's exactly what they were going to do. Little did the people of Jericho know the great God 
that they served. I'm sure they had heard the stories. They had heard the stories about what God had done in the past. They had heard the the tale of the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea and being freed from Pharaoh and Pharaoh's army dying in the Red Sea. They had heard these stories, but now they were going to experience it firsthand. They were probably the spectacle of all the city of Jericho. They probably did a, uh, I'd imagine, now listen, this isn't in the Bible. This is extra biblical, okay? Maybe they were selling tickets. Hey, come see the children of Israel march today. See what they do today to attack the city and to bring the walls of Jericho down. <laughs> but God, can marching around the city walls bring the walls down in and of their own selves? No. But they knew their promise, and because of their faith in the promise of God, not in the promise of a man, not in their own ability, not in what they could do, but in the promise of God, their faith helped them to triumph. They had a word from God. God promised them. They believed God, and they acted out in faith. It took complete faith. You don't believe it takes faith? Tell you what. I want you to march around the church this week one time every day. Then next Sunday, I want you to march around the church seven times, blow a trumpet, and scream at the top of your lungs. The people at the baseball fields will think you're crazy. Matter of fact, you might just fit in with them with how loud they scream sometimes. March around seven times, yell, blow a trumpet, and see what happens. The walls aren't going to come down. It took faith. You would feel ridiculous if that's what your goal was, was to be able to implode a building and to march around it. Yet that's exactly what they did because they had word from God. They believed in God, and they acted out in faith. And God prevailed, helped them to prevail. He gave them the victory. What an amazing story of faith being proven. But let me ask you a question. Had God told Moses to lift up his rod over the Red Sea and that the waters would part, and, and he just told him to lift up his rod over the Red Sea, and God worked, and God did everything. If Moses had said, that's ridiculous to lift up my rod over the Red Sea, would they have ever seen the Red Sea part? Moses had to have faith and to do what God told him to do, and he got to see God work. Let me ask you a question. Joshua when they came to Jericho after all they had been through and they saw the impossible nature of their task at hand and God told them to march around the wall. If Joshua had looked at God and said, that's crazy, that's ridiculous, I'm going to figure out my own way around it. Think of the blessing they would have missed and the miracle they would have missed of seeing the walls of Jericho come down just from marching around, blowing a trumpet and yelling. Amazing. I think of what they could tell their children. Well, having the kids see that and to see God at work. Can I tell you, that's my favorite thing is to be able to pray with Landon and to pray for something and to pray for something and to see God answer those prayers. Can I tell you, Landon's wanted a little sibling for years. Uh, and so when we uh, were found out we were having Reagan last year, he was all excited to be a big brother. And then uh, to have to tell him that Reagan was going to live in heaven was difficult. But can I tell you, it was neat to watch him pray. And I prayed for his little sister every single night. Uh, and so he got to see her and meet her, which was one of his prayer requests, and that he would get to hold her, and, and he did. And so this year when we found out that we were expecting, and we were expecting twins, Landon was beyond excited. And it was twin brothers. Two guys to wrestle with and to play and jump on the trampoline with. He was just over the moon excited. 
Um, and then, as you followed our story, we lost Ian, and he prayed for Grayson every single day. Uh, and then Grayson was born early. And, and so here's a little boy. He doesn't understand everything. He understands a lot, can I tell you that? Here's a, a little boy, Landon, who's been praying for his little brother. And now with COVID-19 and hospital restrictions, he has a little brother. We've told him about him. We FaceTime with him. We show him pictures. Uh, but his brother's in a hospital room. And he can't see him. Yet Landon, every single night, would pray for his little brother and that he'd get to come home and that he'd get to come home early. And can I tell you, it was exciting when last Sunday I got to say, Landon, Grayson's coming home today. Five weeks earlier than any doctor or nurse said he would. He's coming home today, and you're going to get to hold him and meet him and, and spend time with him. And he was excited. And it was exciting to me to see a little boy's faith increase because of the answered prayers. But how many times have we missed out on God working a miracle because we haven't trusted in his promises? Because we haven't prayed, because we haven't brought it to God. We've tried to fix it ourselves, and there's no way we can fix it. And we miss out on blessings, and our children miss out on blessings, and our family miss out on blessings, and our churches miss out on blessings because we don't have faith in the promises of God. Can I encourage you today, if you walk away with anything, prove God. Prove him. Let him work. Have faith in him. Give it over to him. Throw up your hands and defeat and say, God, I can't, but you can. I put my faith and trust in you to win this war. When you reach those walls of Jericho, those Red Sea situations, just allow God to work, to take over control and say, God, we can't get across the Red Sea. We can't bring the walls of Jericho down, but you can. And God will work. He will prove himself to you. So let me ask you a question. What are you facing right now? What impossible situation are you facing? Maybe it's something with your family. Maybe it's something with your health. Maybe it's something financially. Uh, I know that those that are listening to this message tonight, that there are situations that you are facing that just seem impossible. And you've tried everything you can to figure it out yourself. Everything you can to try to fix it. But you're at a loss. Maybe you've already thrown up your hands in defeat and say, I don't know. I give up. I quit. Don't quit. Put your faith and trust in God. Say, God, I can't do it but you can. What does Philippians 4.13 say? I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Trust in the promise of God. He's promised to be with us. Can I tell you, whatever you're going through, God hasn't forgotten you. God hasn't neglected you, forsaken you. He hasn't given up on you. He just wants you to have faith that he will work. And if we have that faith, he will work. Not always in the ways that we want or desire. But do you know that God desires to give us the desires of our heart? And that the desires of our heart can be what God wants. God doesn't didn't save us to torture us and to make us miserable. He saved us to live abundant Christian lives, to live lives of fruitfulness for him, of faithfulness to him. He, does, he didn't save us to be miserable. He saves us to be faithful and fruitful. So what are we doing with the promises of God? And can I encourage you tonight, have faith in the promises of God and prove that faith. How I proved him or and or, Jesus, Jesus, blessed Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. I want to trust him more. How's your faith tonight? Do you have an issue letting go and letting God take control? Prove him tonight. 
and let him show himself faithful to you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I pray that you would help us to prove you faithful. We know you are. We just have to give up trying to fix things ourselves. And may we prove that you are the faithful God and that you desire to see us live abundant Christian lives. Lord, I thank you and praise you for what you're going to do. pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Men, don't forget this coming Saturday, 8.30 a.m. We have our men's prayer breakfast uh, here at the church. Join us for a time of prayer, devotions, and uh, uh, a time of fellowship, and I hope you will be there. Ladies, your ladies' meeting is not this coming Thursday, but the next Thursday. Our ladies' meeting and Bible study, Thursday at 6 p.m., uh, the 8th. I believe is the date. Uh, so that's exciting. Then mark your calendars. It's hard to believe we're coming up on October. Uh, and then our homecoming Sunday will be October 25th. Pray for pastor tomorrow morning. 630 is when he goes into the cath lab at Holston Valley. And I hope that you will pray and lift him up and Miss Ann up uh, as he goes in and that the doctors would have wisdom uh, and what they find and how to treat him and to move forward. That he'd be able to have that surgery very quick. Uh, I know that would be a blessing to him to be able to heal and recover and to be able to be back. Uh, what a blessing it was to see him this morning at church. I was excited and happy to see him uh, back and, and here. And so pray for him. Pray for Miss Ann. Uh, and I know that they would greatly appreciate your prayers. So many people in our church that need your prayers continue to pray for Maxine as she's healing. Um, and uh, I know that she would appreciate that and the family there and those recovering from surgeries and uh different procedures. I know uh, we just need to lift each other up in prayer and God can work and God will work. He desires to hear his people call on his name. Thank you for being here tonight. Have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday here in the church building, 7 p.m. for our Wednesday evening prayer service. God bless.